1: But what won't change?
0: Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: So something happened when I was 29 and a half. I looked at my 30th birthday, six months in the distance, and I was like, hmm, in my 30s, I'm going to care less what people think. And then I turned 39 and a half and I looked at 40 and I was like, 40 is the decade where I'm going to really not care what people think about me. And, you know, I'm looking at 41 now and it just feels like something I am getting better at. There are some people who they really do live rent free in my head and I got to figure that out. That is between me and my therapist. But there's just something so freeing about not caring what people think about you, especially people who you haven't considered and thought, oh, I really respect their opinion. And that is what we are going to be talking about today with my beautiful, brilliant, wonderful friend, Bridget. Bridget is someone who is trying to care a little bit less about what people think about her. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? Hi, Bridget. Hi, Vanessa. We're so excited to have you on Should I Quit? You've been on many of our podcasts. You've been on season one of The Real Question. You're like an old hat at all of this. (laughs) Can you just remind the people, Mm -hmm. what do you do? What's your job? Where do you live?
1: Yeah, I live in Somerville, pretty close to you. Yeah. And I work at a Jewish synagogue. I'm the director of programs there. And I'm an obsessive cat mom who also loves Rory. My dog. Your dog, Rory. Not a cat, but worth my love. Yeah. Very much worth my love. Yeah. What question do you have for us today? I really need your help knowing if I should quit white lies. Nope. Great. (laughs) Good episode. Okay. Say more, obviously. Yeah. So I love white lies. Have forever. I think it makes life more fun. I'm not sure. Like, I just really have this like gut instinct that sometimes I will be asked a direct question that I will answer with a lie. Harmless lies. Like, what did you have for lunch? And I'll be like, oh, I tried the new salad place. It was really yummy. And I'll give details. But actually, I had really crappy Chinese food (laughs) (laughs) at the Galleria down the street. And that's a secret for me. And so I lie about these non-consequential little things. I don't think that these white lies are morally wrong. I don't have any issue being a person who lies about what I have for lunch sometimes. However, I think it might not be the healthiest thing for me with the type of relationships that I'm trying to establish in my life, trying to be more confident in who I am and less controlling about how people perceive me. And I don't know that white lies are helping me in that path of like self bettering. And it just feels really hard to work on balancing when it's right and good to white lie versus not good. And it would just be a lot easier to say I quit. I'm going to be a person who doesn't lie anymore.
0: Yeah. So I have two immediate thoughts. One, I just want to validate that I love a rule. I love that you're like, I'm going to make my life simpler. And rather than trying to be like, is this a situation in which I can white lie? I'm just going to make a rule. I don't do that anymore. I really respect this, like, life is hard. I would like for this to not be one of the hard things. Thank you. The thing I want to make sure I understand is that what's at stake on either side of these. So what's at stake is I'm understanding it on one side. If you get to keep white lying then you get to sort of respect your own privacy and be like, I actually don't want to tell you what I ate for lunch. But the honest answer to that wouldn't actually be Chinese food. It would be, I don't want to tell you what I ate for lunch. And that's like kind of aggressive. And so it's easier to white lie because then I have privacy about what I ate for lunch. Is that right? Do you feel like that's where a lot of the lies come from?
1: Yeah, I think there is this level of privacy And also like conversational convenience, exactly what you're saying. Like, I like being able to control where a conversation goes. If I don't want it to be about whether or not Chinese food was the right choice for lunch or something, right? And it's just easier. Or if someone was like, I had salad for lunch and I can say, me too, right? Like those things make it easier to continue a conversation in a direction I want it to go in. And it protects Mm -hmm. my privacy. Like I made a choice. It's my choice. We don't need to talk about it it's a silly example, but I actually think it really gets at the heart of what I'm trying, like I want to be able to make choices for myself that don't always have to be part of a conversation with another person. And in some sense that's about privacy and in some sense that's just about, I like feeling like certain things are for me, which feels different than privacy, but a similar idea.
0: I just wanna say the lunch example, I don't actually think is a silly example. I worked in an office for six years and I just remember once someone saying to me yogurt again and me actually snapping at them and being like, can we not comment on what I eat, please? Right. Like, yeah, you see everything I wear every day. You can tell when I don't feel gra- like let me have this. Let me have my blueberry yo play. Yeah. Let, just let me.
1: Exactly. And like I live with a partner like I don't have private space at home. I do have an office. There's something so wonderful about that private space. And I find that some of the white lying I do is about time I spend in that private space. It's like this is this is for me. (laughs) And you don't No one needs to know what goes on in these walls.
0: But what you're potentially saying the downside is for you on a mental health level is why am I ashamed about what I'm eating? And am I actually participating in a society that makes me feel shame about fried rice instead of salad. And in the long run, is that actually like wearing away at some dignity within me and creating a sense of anxiety? Is that the flip?
1: Yes. I am recognizing more and more an instinct in myself to really control what people think about me. And Mm -hmm. it's been muddying the waters of what I think about me and like the things that like... What exactly am I seeking from the affirmation of others? (laughs) You know, and I find that the white lying is instinctual, it's habitual. There are like, I have a habit of doing it. And sometimes that habit is about really trying to fit myself into what I think people need to hear to like me and respect me and value me, right? (laughs) Like at a bigger level. And I worry that white lying is about controlling a narrative to fit a perspective of me that isn't helping me be the person that I actually am <laughs> and and to be comfortable right. with that.
0: Right. You're actually contorting yourself right, by being like, oh, I'm a salad eating person who is always in a
1: spreadsheet. <laughs> right. Exactly. And a person who makes easy, smart choices and is like, spends their money wisely. And and it's interesting to me, the assumptions I'm making when I white lie about what is the better version of a story. I have two follow-up questions. This makes so much sense to me. My first one
0: is, does it come from a sense of shame or self-loathing? Not about salad or Chinese food, but like, does it come from a bad place that you're like, I don't want you to know me? Because if you knew the real me, Like, does it come from,
1: yeah, from like that, like, uh, place? It's hard to answer that question because it doesn't feel like shame when it's happening. Like, it doesn't feel directly like putting up a shield, right, of like hiding my shame. It it doesn't feel that connected. I do think that that doesn't mean it's not there. (laughs) Like, I I do think that there is something there about, like, it's less about preventing them from thinking something bad about me and more about them having these, like, affirmative, positive feelings about me, if that makes sense. It's like promoting a good instead of diminishing a bad.
0: Okay, that's really helpful. So what is the goal emotionally? white lying or not, right? Because like white lying is a means, not an end. What is the goal? Is the goal for you to not give a shit what other people think about you? Or is the goal for people to know you better and like you for who you are? It sounds like you've, you've operated in a certain space and now you're like, I'm ready to take up a different space. What is this yeah. different space that you would take up?
1: I would love to care less about what people think about me. I think it yeah. would be a huge step forward in my personal growth to care less about what people think about me. I think it would open up my ability to make choices based on what I want and not what I think I should want. I think it would open up my ability to feel less imposter syndrome because I'm so nervous about like whether people will perceive my confidence as like, why is she so confident in doing that thing? She's obviously not capable of doing, right? Like, I just think that it would alter the way I interact in the world in a really positive way if I cared less about what people thought about me. And my hunch is that white lying is putting me in a position where I just care too much.
0: I mean, it sounds to me like white lying is a symptom of you caring in your words, not my words, too much, but it's a symptom that is a self-perpetuating symptom, right? Like it, keeps you in that space. So I drink coffee cause I'm tired, but by drinking coffee, i become addicted to something and I need more coffee. So I become more tired, right? Like,
1: yeah. is that is that right? Yeah. I don't think that white lying is the reason I care about what other people think about right. me. I think that it is a symptom. And so is it perpetuating this thing? Is it making it worse or like preventing me from getting to this ability? <laughs> That's the concern.
0: So I am going to call into question that stopping saying salad is going to make you care less what other people think. I understand the immersion therapy argument of it, of like, I'm going to say Chinese food and then watch them not judge me that much or judge me, but then I'll judge them for judging me. Like, I understand the instinct of that, And I, I don't think it's a bad instinct at all, but also I think patriarchy trains women to care a lot about what other people think and to be people pleasers and to like really care that our social capital is our only capital. And if I need something later, I'm going to need you to like me in order to get that thing from you later and to have this like scarcity mindset where it's like I need all the social capital I can get so that I can get what I
1: need. Right. Are you saying that if I stopped white lying, I would also just like discover or find other ways (laughs) of, you know, seeking this, that it's not solving any problem. Like I'm not going to magically start caring less by telling the truth more that like, I will still care and I'll just find other ways of coping with trying to control what people think about me. (laughs) (laughs) Have I honed in? Yeah. On the wrong coping strategy. Right. It's like, this is maybe not the metaphor to explore, but is it saying that, like, we're all very concerned about global warming. The only thing I'm going to do is to stop using plastic bags. And then I have done my part. Right. And (laughs) and for me, focusing on white laying, I'm like, look at this very easy solution to this very big problem. Done and done.
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually think that metaphor is apt because it's possible that, like, it's necessary but not sufficient. Mm -hmm. That stopping white lying will actually be really helpful and plastic bags are evil. Mm -hmm. I just want you to feel like you can tell people
1: you can protect yourself. I think the question about whether it would be sufficient is a challenging one because I am very prone to avoiding discomfort. And I think that avoiding that discomfort is, one, getting me out of practice of sitting with people's reactions to me that I haven't managed. And when you're not practiced in something, it be- it's very, very hard to do it when it does come up because the situations I can control with white lies aren't vast, right? Like, there are limits to what I can control with white lying. And so in those moments that I can't control – I feel very out of practice with sitting in the discomfort of someone thinking something about me that I don't want them to think or that I might feel judged or vulnerable or uncomfortable. Like, I don't like that feeling. I'm wondering if putting myself in a situation where I feel it more at lower stakes could be a good thing. But I also really like white lying. (laughs) And I find that some of the comfort it brings me feels... Like harmless in a really hard world to just like take comfort in in certain little privacies that are just for me, and so like throwing it all away feels like a challenging choice, but that idea of of sitting in discomfort more feels like something worthwhile to pursue, and so yes, not sufficient but also important is <laughs> it's, it's kind of where I'm sitting with this. I would say
0: really difficult and important, right? I think there are other things you can also be doing to care less about what other people think of you. Come over to my house and I'll tell you how awesome you are and how stupid anyone who doesn't love you is. (laughs) Like that's something that we can do to address that. But I mean, the thing I would want to give you permission for, I know I said at the beginning that I love a rule,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but like the rule can be, oh, I feel the instinct to white lie once a week. I'm going to not white lie Mm -hmm. or like all food related questions. I'm going to be honest about, right? Like pick one subject Mm -hmm. because what I suspect is going to happen is you're going to watch people not judge you. Right. It's a win-win, right? Either you're going to watch people be like, oh, I love Chinese food. And you'll be like, great, me too. Or they're going to be like, again, (laughs) and you're going to have to sit in that discomfort and then be like, huh. I don't respect that person's opinion, Mm -hmm. so I shouldn't care what they think. And also, look at me. I handle discomfort. Like, I've proven to myself that I'm a person capable of handling discomfort. Yeah, like stopping about a subject, how would that feel to you? To be like, I'm not going to white lie about food and how many cats I have anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really drawn
1: to the idea of a rule. And then maybe that's part of the benefit too, is that I'm getting, I'm learning how to feel like focusing more about how I feel about myself. Honestly, at the heart of it, it's less about being judged and more about being admired. It's like, is is part of it. And I find that I just, I've been reflective recently on how much I've relied on the assurance of others that uh, my behavior is good and that my interaction with the world is good and my choices are good. And like, I want to get that affirmation for myself. Like, I want to know that something is good because I feel that it's good and less because other people who I respect or don't respect have said, told me that it's good. And that's why I'm drawn to this rule idea, because it's not just about breaking oh, a wow. habit that may be putting me in a situation that's like perpetuating a thing I'm trying to get out of. And it's a way for me to feel proud of myself when I follow the rule <laughs> that I've made for myself. And it's not really attached to anybody else. So if, if you weren't my friend and this was a chaplaincy session and
0: we were going to meet again in a month or a week, what I would ask you to do is at the end of every day, list three things that you liked about yourself or or respected about yourself that mm-hmm. day. So that you could start to retrain your brain to be like, this is the list that matters. I was annoyed at my partner, but was kind to him anyway, or I stayed in pajamas all day. I'm awesome, What <laughs> you know, like whatever it is. So like, I do think that there's some like rewiring of your brain that is really possible here of like sitting down at the end of the day and being like, what did I do awesome today? Cause I'm awesome every day. Not not like in a self-congratulatory way, in a building trust in yourself way.
1: Yeah. I love that idea. It's not a habit I have. I like that our conversation about quitting is also about adding positive things to my life. So that's nice. No, I really love that idea. And I like that I could also, like one of the things that I could be proud of is that like I had a gut instinct to lie about something that didn't matter. And so I didn't. Totally, And that felt great. Or I
0: paused and thought about it and decided to white lie anyway, right? Like,
1: yeah, bring some intentionality to it. Yeah. To lose the reactive part of it and to reorient to the intentional. Whatever it is that you want to lift up in yourself, you know? It's such good framing.
0: Everyone should take that advice. That feels really positive. <laughs> I got to say, it's so funny how these tiny things work. Yeah. But like whenever I'm in a line or board or whatever, I try to think about something I'm grateful for and not in contrast to what other people don't have. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like I make a good salary and other people don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like, I am so grateful that I have glasses. I would have a headache right now <laughs> if I didn't have glasses. And it's amazing how doing just like teeny things like that for 10 years
2: mm-hmm.
0: changes
1: you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it really changes you. Yeah.
1: A benefit of getting this advice from a friend, I know they say that like as a friend, it's hard to give assignments, but one of the benefits of getting this advice from you is that like you are such a self-confident, self-assured person. And I really value that about you. Whether you feel that way or not, like as different, I feel it mm-hmm. in you, like this self-love. And so, like, oh, advice from a person who, like, I see the benefits of this habit of gratitude, this habit of of self-respect. It's nice. I'm, like, way more willing to take an assignment from you because I know (laughs) you versus, like, a stranger who I feel like, you don't know me. You just know what I tell you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, right, like, you don't need gratitude, right? I feel like you're a very grateful person and I don't need to care less about what other people think. At least not a lot of people, right? Like there's certain people right. I need to care less about what they think. Hi, mom. But so it's the practice that's right for you. And like, right. you're all set on gratitude. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just want you to practice being the person who gives you the compliments. Yeah, that's, ex- that's at the heart of this, yeah. right? Like that's exactly right. And just on any day, and I just want to offer this to you, on any day that you're like, Vanessa, I can't come up with anything, Call me or text me and I'll tell you something awesome about you that day.
1: Deal. That sounds really nice. Yeah. It just feels really nice because it is at the heart of what I'm trying to do. Self-respect is a weird phrase. Every time I say it, I feel like it means something that the words aren't saying, but I want to have a lot of respect for myself. And and I want to be in a space where I can be more comfortable with other people's discomfort about me, potential discomfort about me, because, like, I'm just in a better place. And sure, I want to play around with white lies as a role in that. But building up the habit of the of the positive side of it, in addition to, like, decreasing the habit of the negative side of it feels really complimentary.
0: The one last thing I'll say is that there is also a political dimension to this of, like, A lot of people walk through the world and they can't hide a part of their identity that the rest of the world judges, right, whatever it is. And so as like white, cis, straight passing women in this society, I feel like it's important for us to build up resilience in these moments So that we can stand up for other people when they can't stand up for themselves, right? And be like, I don't care what you think about me right now. You treated this other person with disrespect and I'm going to stand up, right? Like a black friend (laughs) said to me, I don't trust white people who aren't willing to make a fool of themselves for me. Because we have all this privilege, we also have to build up the strength to, to use that privilege well.
1: A hundred percent. Like the idea of being more comfortable with discomfort sounds like nice for my like self, but the world is just like I need to be more comfortable with being uncomfortable, and it feels like an a thing that I can't avoid anymore. One, because I'm just I'm getting older. Two, I want to be better to myself, and I want to be like stronger in my relationships and more confident. And three, I just my coping strategies aren't enough anymore for the way that the world is and the right. kind of person I want to be. Right. Like it's just not enough.
0: Well, Bridget, I'm so excited for you to love
1: yourself more efficiently. Thank you. Me too. It's always the right time for, <laughs> for just finding more love in yourself, expand the capacity. That's how I'm feeling. So,
0: And I just think that this is something that everyone should do, including myself. So should I quit listeners? What we're going to do is create a Google form for you to fill out and then you'll be able to go in and look at what other people have written also. And that is going to be available to everyone. And I'll do a Patreon perk where I just read some of them out loud and tell you all that you're awesome and you're doing great. Because really, we're all we're all trying really hard in a hard world.
1: (laughs) Bridget, thank you. I love you. Thank you so much. I love you. This was really fun. And meant a lot to me. You've been listening to Should I Quit? We are a
0: show entirely supported by our Patreon, so please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash RealQuestionPod. You will be able to hear all of the things that you think are awesome about yourself if you join. You can also support the show by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We love our BFF tier patrons, Molly Reel, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Shannon Sheen, and Renee Underhill. We are Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman. Our music is by Nick Bull, and we are distributed by Acast. A big hearty thank you to Bridget for joining us today, and thanks as always to our wonderful team. Julia Argy, e., Nikki Zoltan, Laura Glass, AJ Uramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Wilson, Courtney Brown, Casper Tarkile, and Stephanie Paulsell.
2: Hi listeners, this is Naomi Westwater. You may know me from my previous classes at Not Sorry. I'm dropping into your feed today to let you know about an upcoming course I'm running starting March 17th called Creating Daily Ritual, Tarot as a Sacred Practice. In this course, I will teach you about the history and meaning of the cards in the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck and model how they can be used as a tool for self-reflection and creativity. Through lecture, discussion with your classmates and solo journaling, I will aim to help you develop your individual connection with tarot, this ancient tool for meaning making. If you're looking to elevate your daily ritual, please join me starting Sunday evening, March 17th, for six weeks of habit building, learning, and community. Head to NotSorryWorks.com for more information, and be sure to check out our sliding scale pricing and scholarships listed on the website. That's not sorryworks.com.